Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 308. It is made possible by our sponsors, Pingdom and Mac Weldon. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. Oh, hi. Oh, wait, wait. Hello. <laughs> hi, Stephen. Hey, so we're just going to go right into that? I think it's a good idea to do that. Okay, so our membership special for all Relay FM members. Uh, I published it about two hours ago, and I'm just going to play you a little trailer here. Hello, and welcome to Connected's 2020 membership special. I hit the microphone for the third time. I need to get better at that. I am playing Pokemon Sword, and I thought I would give you a tour of my new team. An Apple extended to keyboard. Oh man, that was a that was a real special time in my life editing that. <laughs> How did it feel to edit? Did you did you feel anything? I don't ever feel anything. No, no I was kidding. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> really, no. Federico's is very upsetting, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he was very quiet. I really struggled to get his loud enough where you could hear it. And his is quieter than ours in the episode. Like, I just did the mm-hmm. best I could. But it is spectacular. So go check go check it out. What I think that that special showed more than anything is that we all are promising uh, ASMR creators, but have a lot of work left to do. Speak for yourself. To really... Mm, uh, no, you're a bit raspy. We all had our own problems. Federico was too quiet, you were too raspy, and I kept bumping the microphone. Yeah. So, you know, but, like, this is our first shot, you know? But mm-hmm. uh, it was very fun. I was sitting in my studio earlier, and Adina was listening to it, and I could just keep hearing her chuckle away. So it's definitely worth it. If you're a Real FM member of any, of any type, right, you're supporting any show or just the standard me- membership, you would get access to this. It's all in the crossover feed, which is where we put tons of wonderful content, hundreds of hours of content in the crossover feed. Now, if you are not sure how to get that feed and you are a member, there's a link in the show notes called the Relay FM crossover feed. If you click that, it will take you straight to the memberful page, log in and you can subscribe. It's very easy to do. Um, If you want to become a Relay FM member and support this show, go to to connectedpro.co. Um, or getconnectedpro.co. There's lots of wonderful domains for you, and you'll be able to get access to those member bonuses as well as a special feed of this show, which includes pre- and post-show content and no ads. So it's a wonderful deal for just $5 a month. I have some huge news. I am so bummed that Federico isn't here right now because now I have to deal with this on my own. Oh, you mean the weight of congratulating me is just on your shoulders? I don't know what you think you're getting congratulated for. Apple has officially addressed and fixed hashtag GreenGate. So last week, actually right after we we recorded, like I really wish this had been breaking during the show because I think that would have been really funny. It would have been better than me having to do with it now. Apple released iOS 13.6.1, also iPad OS 13.6.1. Can we just... Just as a aside, can we just use iOS as shorthand, meaning iOS and iPadOS? It's so wordy to talk about these things now. I find it very frustrating. Uh, yeah, I think you can say iPadOS on its own, but otherwise iOS applies to everything. Yes. 
I think that is, I think I'm down with that. Yeah, but like this is the problem though. Like we agree that that makes sense. But then it's like a while ago, me and Jason agreed that we would just say 13 inch iPad, but you stopped doing it. Like, you know, you just, because it's, diff- it's difficult to get the world to come along with you, you know? Well, the world has come along with me. So I broke this. Ah. I mean, honestly, like the pandemic is small potatoes compared to this issue with iOS. Oh my gosh. Where some devices, uh, you would wake them up or under certain circumstances, you'd have a green oh, tint geez. to your display. I don't care. Uh, 13.6.1 fixed it. I have lots of questions about this, though. So in in the 9 to 5 Mac article, according to Apple, this problem was caused by thermal management failure and is now fixed. Clearly, this was a thermal corner they could back themselves out of. (laughs) This one. This one was not a problem. Wow. They could get right out of this corner. So it's it's fixed. Uh, You know, Year of Steven continues. I feel like if you were having a thermal issue with the phone, other things would be happening rather than just the screen going green. I have so many questions. <laughs> like, is did it only affect the screen or is that all they're talking about? Why wasn't it every phone? Like, mm-hmm. and how can you just fix it? Like, it's it's all very strange. If if <laughs> But honestly, I'm pleased it has been fixed, so you will now never have to talk about it again. Well, I put it on my calendar as a repeating thing so we can talk about it next year why because i have his gate on there i should have green gate on there too i feel like the hissing thing was a real thing the green thing not a thing like it's not like you had like a million views on this podcast because you spoke about your screen going green you don't know that no i do i I really do (laughs) (laughs) Look, if if every time we spoke about like a screen going green and we got a million vi- listens to an episode, we would be breaking news left, right, and center, my friend. Yeah. Right? Like we would be going for it. Like I would be talking about the fact that my, you know, like we'll call it like camera refresh gate, which is what I've been dealing with the last couple of weeks. Like we would really go for it. We just create the absolute clickbait of podcasts, but that's not how it works around here. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that. I could help humanity through this. Mm-hmm. It is the fall, Mike. September is right around the corner. September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. For the last several years, we've been taking this time to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, an institution that treats children with cancer and other life-threatening diseases, both here in Memphis and using their research all around the world. We are really excited to announce our second annual podcast-a-thon. So if you missed this last year... It was. It is a six-hour live video show that we put on. So Mike and I host it. We have a bunch of Relay FM people doing segments and coming on and off. We have some interviews with some St. Jude people. A lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, that is going to be Friday, September 18th from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern. So mark that off on your calendar. Six hours. Come hang out with us. Uh, it'll be at twitch.tv slash Relay FM. We'll be talking a lot about this and sharing links yep. uh, leading up to that. But that's so that's a month off. You're thinking, well, why are we talking about this now? It's because our fundraising starts now. And so if you go to stjude.org slash relay, uh, you can donate to this this awesome cause. And and what's amazing about it is all the research and the treatment and housing and meals, everything is paid for by donations. Families never pay St. Jude a dime for their care. I've got a son who's been a St. Jude patient now for since he was six months old, and he's getting ready to be 12, and we've never paid anything for his life-saving treatment, which has included 
just countless things. So it's really awesome. We'd love you to join us in supporting St. Jude again this year, stjude.org slash relay. So we have a very, very large goal. Yes. So last year we started out, we wanted to raise like $50,000 and we were all absolutely blown away By the end of the campaign, we raised $315,000. Absolutely incredible. Some research had been taken uh, by the the wonderful people at Allsack, which is a fundraising arm of St. Jude. And to their understanding, it was the largest podcast-related fundraiser in history, which is absolutely incredible. And it's something that I and Stephen and we're all so unbelievably proud of. So we thought, let's do it again, shall we? We want to raise at least $315,000. I know that's a lot of money. It's a massive ask, but we believe in you, the Relay FM community, that we can do this again together. This is a difficult time for so many people, right? Like money is difficult. Times are hard, but institutions like St. Jude still need the money to continue pushing their research into curing childhood cancer, right? Like they have done such incredible things that have affected our lives personally and also the lives of countless individuals around the world. I believe that the Relay FM community can get to this level again. I want you to prove me right. So go to stjude.org slash relay, donate whatever you can. If your company does corporate fund like charity matching, how do the people get in touch with us, Stephen? Like so if you can if you donate and your company will also match, that's like something that we can do, right? So they email us. Yes. So if your employer will match, I need some sort of documentation of the amount and you can send it directly to me. Stephen at relay.fm and I'll make sure that it gets added into the campaign. So it's um that's really awesome. It's awesome that companies do it. Double your money, right? So what if you work for a large company, they probably do some kind of uh, corporate matching. So if you want to donate and be so generous to donate, you're, you can also get your company to donate as well, right? And that was something that really helped us get to the level that we got to last year. So seriously, this is so important to us. And I really hope that uh, you'll come along with us for this. And uh, you're going to hear a lot about it because this is something that we want to continue doing. Um, So you're going to hear a lot about it now and throughout September. Uh, And also we've changed all our artwork to to gold because that's the yellow gold. Is there an actual name for the color? It's like a yellowy gold color. Yeah, it's yellowy gold color. Yellowy gold is like the the, the (laughs) color for uh, childhood cancer awareness. Yes. So from now and throughout the end of September, you'll be seeing that appear in uh, lots of Relay FM artwork. So yeah, that's uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, listeners. It is an exciting time every year to get to do this. It is very humbling. So I'm excited to do a podcast-a-thon. I'm so excited for the podcast-a-thon because last time we didn't really know what it was going to be, right? Like all we knew is we were going to be doing something for six hours. Like leading up to it, it was hard for us to talk about the podcast-a-thon because we'd never done one before. But this time we know what it's like because we've done one before Mm -hmm. and it is full of japes, full of guests. Uh, It is like your favorite podcasters putting on a telethon. Like that's what we thought it was going to be. And that's what it ended up being. And we have some really fun things that we've learned from and that we're building on. Uh, It is going to be an absolutely fantastic time. 
Uh, and I mean, we've all got some more time at home, right? So make sure you block off that calendar time on September 18th from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Should we get into some tiny topics? Yes. Do you remember last year when Apple opened up the iPhone repair program so you could go into a bunch of like third-party places and get actual parts? Mm-hmm. So that has been expanded to cover the Mac. And so before this, to get genuine Apple parts for your Mac, you had to go to the Apple Store or an Apple-authorized service provider, which that's a difficult business to be in. We talked about that before. But this is a, a shift in this strategy. So there are there will be more locations that you can uh, take your Mac into to have repairs done uh, with, again, genuine Apple parts. So if you need a logic board or a video card or whatever it may be, keyboard and top case, uh, the, more locations will be able to do it, which is fantastic because in a lot of parts of the world, there's not an Apple store nearby, you know, for yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. And so these smaller shops already exist. They'll now be able to take part of this program as well. And uh, I'm glad to see that. I mean, it's a good thing to see them expanding for a bunch of reasons. I mean, especially right now, it's good because it enables uh, more small business owners to be able to make money during the pandemic. And it also takes the, the burden off of Apple for not needing to have everybody come to their store, right? Like it spreads people around a little bit, which is great. Like, let alone it being good for the fact that like there there aren't Apple stores everywhere. There are service providers basically everywhere, right? Like, and especially where there aren't Apple stores, the service providers do like they pop up and they mm-hmm. do great work. And now being able to have Macs taken into these uh, companies and these shops is even better. Yep. Beats One is no longer always on worldwide. Oh, no, uh, what happened? Shut it down. They've <laughs> shut it down. They've rebranded it. Uh, Beats One is now Apple Music One. For this part, it's based, they've basically rebranded it. Uh, Apple Music One is just what Beats One was. So it's like a radio uh, show with radio shows inside of it. So it's like not all radio networks or, or stations are like this, where they'll have a DJ that plays tracks, but then also have guest DJs come in and talk. And like This is a very British radio thing. I don't know if this is a thing that happens on American radio, where you'll have like such and such person has their radio show and it's on at this time every week basically it's a podcast with music right that's pretty much what they're like um so they're keeping what they had going and adding in new shows they rotate the people out so they'll have like they have mainstays people like elton john has had uh like elton john show on on beats one and apple music one has been around for ages but they're adding lots of new people in now heim niall rogers and lady gaga are coming in to host their own shows for a bit Um, and some people like it's like a rotating cast the characters i know that billy eilish has a popular show as well uh, apple's favorite artist billy eilish they invented awards <laughs> just exactly just to, give just to give billy eilish um there's like so they're doing that stuff that's the same apple's also introduced some new stations so there's apple music hits which plays top songs from the 80s 90s and noughties is that good i feel i wish i hadn't said that now Hmm. Naughties. There isn't a good phrase for it, right? Yeah, because aughts is bad too. I don't like aughts because. Would you say that the the hit station really slaps? You're getting closer to understanding what that phrase means. <laughs> like you're nearly there. It's good. So Stephen keeps saying slaps. 
to to us. This is just like his thing at the moment. It's the for some reason the phrase Stephen's picked up in his life. Where did you get where did you get that one from? Do you think uh, the kids, not my kids, just youth okay. out of the world? Yeah, you're getting closer to to, to nailing that one. Um, so as well as the music, which that that hit station actually does sound like fun to me, like. Mm-hmm the top hits from those decades. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and Apple Music Country as well, playing new and classic uh, country songs. So these are the new stations coming in. Uh, this feels like the beginning of the end of the Beats brand. And it's a thing that everyone, not every, it's a thing a lot of people have been debating for a while. I mean, at some point, I don't believe that the Beats brand will exist. I don't know how long it's going to be until that happens, but I feel like this is the start of that going away, right? I think so, at least on this content side. What do you think about the hardware side, though? Eventually, yes. But you th- I, it seems to me that they're going to scrub it of uh, they're going to scrub it of Apple Music stuff, and then the headphones will kind of <clears throat> over time slowly transition. Um, I think yeah, it. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it's confusing for people who don't know the history that. Some Apple Music features are called Beats and branded that way, and others aren't. And and I think that Apple Music is a pretty strong brand, right? It's it's easy to remember. It's you just know what it is. You don't have to um, search for it. Like it's just Apple Music, mm-hmm. right? And so I think mm-hmm. it makes sense to bring all that into the fold. Yeah, just to, to mention in case people had forgotten, I didn't know Apple bought Beats, right? And that not only did they get the headphones, they also picked up a music streaming service called Beats Music, which was the streaming service that me and Federico were using at the time and were very happy with. Apple bought that and they were doing human curation and all that kind of stuff and rolled a lot of that up into what would become Apple Music, including hiring Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre. Like It was a very peculiar $3 billion acquisition because there were so many ramifications from it. Originally, people were like, they're buying the headphones, but then Apple were like, and it kind of made sense at the time, yeah, they got the headphones, but they were kind of buying their way into the music streaming service, which ultimately was and has become more important for Apple than the Beats headphone brand because they've created their own headphone brand, which is... Which is not really arguably, but like is more important now. AirPods in the, the cultural significance, um, they're much greater than Beats, which is probably another reason why over time it is likely that they will fe- phase out the Beats brand as the AirPods brand continues to rise, especially yes. if they do do what we think they're going to do and release all kinds of AirPods, right? Like mm-hmm. a cheaper model, a sport model, and over and over uh, the ear model, which is what is rumored to be the case. At that point, I mean, yeah, why would you? Why would you keep both of them? You know, why would you keep them? You don't need them at that point. I mean, Beats does have an angle to it that, like, there is a Beats sound, and people, a lot of people like that sound, and it's kind of what a lot of people equate with the brand. And Apple's done a. a a pretty good job at diluting that over time, I think. I think mm-hmm. there was a time where beats all sounded a very specific way, and now there's, you know, like more true sound sounding beats. Yeah, I mean, like, as you say, that is definitely a sound people like. And st- I mean, I had a pair of beats headphones, and I liked the bassy sound personally. Yeah. Like, I don't consider myself like a headphone connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, like, what I've found over time from the YouTubers that I watch is that they all think that beats are getting better. And I think what it means is they're just neutralizing that sound <laughs> just right? turning down the bass yeah 
Yeah. But, you know, I think ultimately, like, the Beats brand was always a weird fit for Apple. Marketing-wise, the Beats brand has kind of continued to do its own thing quite a lot. Yep. And that, you know, and that's fine. But if they don't need to keep it going to have a successful headphone business, I don't know why you would do it. If someone just walks into a Best Buy to buy a pair of headphones, like, do they even know Beats is owned by Apple? Absolutely not. Yeah, a lot of consumers have no idea. Well, because Apple have been pretty fair, right? In the sense, like, they, they didn't, with most of the existing Beats lines, they didn't really, like, make them Apple products. They, have over time, have started to do that, right? Mm-hmm. With, like, the newer ones that used Apple's chips in them, right? And like, sure. But they still work fine, same as AirPods, with uh, Android devices, so... Uh, one other thing I noticed uh, in this sort of announcement from Apple is that Apple Music has its own boilerplate press release copy, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. only I care about because I have this blog post I've updated now for six years. Anytime Apple changes this, you know, it's at the, the bit at the bottom, right? Like, we made the Mac and the iPad's really cool and we want to make the world a better place, you know, that sort of text. And uh, Apple Music has its own. I thought that was interesting. A bunch of people sent it to me. So, um, and it's um, it's got the iPod in it <laughs> twice. Actually, do they? They don't sell iPods anymore, right? They're all gone. iPod Touch is still Touch. Oh, the iPod Touch music. iPod Touch. There it is. Mm-hmm. Hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, I've got one. I've got one of the current ones. I wouldn't. I you know I would have expected that. Yeah. Well, it's our it's our playlist iPod when we do live shows, and I thought we're gonna do a lot of live shows in twenty twenty. I better yeah. make sure I have an iPod Touch that can do it. I think it's gathering dust. Yep. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom. Mike, do you have a website? Uh, well, yeah. Cool. That website probably has a bunch of stuff on it, right? Like people clicking play on MP3s and clicking links to email us, all that stuff. Important stuff. We we want those critical website transactions to work. We don't want them to fail because failing website transactions mean bad experiences for users and potentially lost business. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. It will alert you when things like cart checkouts, forms, or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these have an issue in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. All you need to do is go to pingdom.com slash relay FM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of the show and Relay FM. Uh, Byte 5 came out um, of iOS 14. Uh, there's a few changes. I mean, honestly, like, a couple of things surprising to me, uh, considering where we are in the beta cycle. I think the biggest one is the date picker. They've made quite a serious revision, I think, to the date picker. Uh, so if you remember, the old date picker, time picker, would be like this uh, slot machine, like wheel, you know, roll around. One of the kind of the, the old vestiges of iOS design that stuck around for a long time, and it's kind of one of those things that until you think about it, you forget. You know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, like, that doesn't fit anymore, right? Like, visually, it doesn't really fit with what the rest of iOS is doing. So they changed it to what I think is a vastly superior date time picker, uh, where it's a calendar, and you can type in the time. 
But, you know, I, understandably, some people don't want to type in the time all the time. And I've had it as well, where it's like, I only want to move this by an hour based on the default, and I have to type it all in again. Well, they've added a kind of an interesting uh, uh, feature where now you, you have the little time there in the box, and it looks like you can type it in, which you can. But you can also swipe up and down on it to adjust by hour or minute. So it's basically doing what the old roller rolling wheel style would do but just on text uh i've seen a lot of people say it's undiscoverable and i understand that but you know i think i think it's fine because it's something that i would use every now and then but i do think that really just typing in the time that you're wanting is a better and faster way of getting things done with more precision yeah i like it they've but i'm surprised to see that i'm surprised to see them make a change like this this light me too. I was I was really surprised to see it, but it means they're still listening to feedback. And honestly, I like the I like the addition of it back because I like the swipey thing in some instances. Like if you're just one or two days off, like in the calendar, the swipey thing's really fast. And if mm-hmm. I'm way off, then I get to use the keyboard. So I think having them both is a good move. Yeah. Um, lots of bugs that I was having seem to have been resolved. Uh, my camera can now take pictures again without refreshing <laughs> a billion times. So that's really good. That's good. Um, and one thing that I was having, I've seen lots of people have different keyboard issues. So like I have some shortcuts that I run, say, from the, the Today View, right? And they require text entry. So I was having this thing where I'd start typing, the keyboard would go away, yep. and I'd have to select the text, cut the text, cancel the shortcut, run the shortcut again, paste the text, finish what I was writing in. Uh, That seems to have been fixed too, which is great. Uh, So far, I mean, this has only been out for a day, but this beta is already a billion times better than before because it got rough. I was having that keyboard issue in the share sheet. So I go to share a tweet and I want to text, you know, kind of like a comment about it and the keyboard would disappear after like 10 keystrokes. And so I sent a bunch of texts that were like stopped halfway through the word and then just picked it up where it left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, th- they've um, they've obviously broken some things, and and now it's better. So so far, beta five feels great. I mean, I've been on the beta train for a while on my phone, and uh, so far, this feels honestly like the best build, which is what you would hope as we get closer to whenever this thing comes out. Well, I mean, closer, but we don't know how close. Uh, there's another widget added an apple widget it's an apple news widget but this one's really weird it is a custom size so it's larger than any other widget Um, it is a size that nobody else can or does use Mm -hmm. Um, and it only shows in the old widgets area in the today view it can't be placed on the home screen (laughs) which is very strange yeah i'm i'm putting it down on my phone now and it's massive (laughs) it's massive yeah well basically you know what i think this is it's just apple replacing the old widget yeah right but they want it to be in the new widget view and not relegated to the old widgets that live down below you know like the, the the ones that have been deprecated basically um I don't know why they couldn't have just put this in the large style. I don't know why they had to create a completely unique size of widget, but there you go. Mm-hmm. I saw you saying something today. Uh, I think it was in Slack, which which I liked the thought of, which was maybe at some point in the future having a s- even smaller widget. Yeah, because right now you have small, medium, and large, and you can have two small ones side by side, and they I think they take up the vertical space of 
roughly two app icons. So like the small widget size takes up roughly the space of four app icons on your home screen. I think that's just too big for a lot of stuff. Mm. Like if I've got a widget that just shows sunrise or sunset or just shows me the temperature, like it'd be nice to have a compact one that I think is one tall but two wide. So you could yeah, have nice. some text or maybe it even that scrolling text or something. I would really like that compact size. Uh, you, know, you could get a nice stock ticker in there, right, for all of your stocks. That's right. Um, mm. You know, Apple is worth $2 trillion a day, so I could keep up with mm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just like to see that because like uh, on my today view, you know, I'm trying some widgets out from various developers and like this list is getting really long, uh, even with a bunch of small ones. Yeah, I don't really like the small widget that much. Um, the widgets that I've been using, I tend to use the medium one, but maybe I just haven't had a lot of like really good examples of it for now. Mm-hmm. The shortcuts one is the funniest one to me. The, sh- the small shortcuts one, which is just one shortcut. <laughs> well, yeah, the most important shortcut. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's one shortcut. It takes up four app icons. Go wild. Like, y- you'd be better off just using, like, the medium one and taking up more space but fitting more shortcuts in there. Like, it- it's a very strange one for me, personally. Um, I am wondering now if I'm getting the time, getting towards the time to put this on the uh, 12.9 iPad Pro. That's my machine still on 13. Uh, kind of around this time, beta 5, beta 6, that's when I would go all in. Uh, and I'm thinking now might be the, might be getting to the time. You know, I have it on my 11, which I use quite a lot. Um, and I have it on my iPhone. Uh, so I'm thinking it might be time now. Because I'm, I'm realizing there are like things that I'm getting used to. And it's then becoming frustrating to not have access to those. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the new sh- the compact UI shortcut stuff, I'm getting really used to that and like it a lot. Um, especially like for some of the shortcuts that I'm using to like, you know, like if you're entering text or something into a shortcut, it's really nice to just do it without having to open the shortcuts app. Uh, so, you know, the stuff that I'm getting really getting used to that I think I would like to be able to have more access to. But I still remain like excited about the shipping version of iOS. It still features that I really want to try, like the AirPods stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fast switching and the spatial audio and stuff like that. Like, I'm really excited about trying those features out. Um, so there's still stuff there that I that I want to that I want to try out. So we'll see. Uh, you have a note in here that is very concerning. Yeah. So I don't have a case on my iPhone right now. Yeah, boy. So I was using a. Pop socket auto box case, uh, which I I liked quite a lot. Uh, it was for my iPhone. It was the one that Apple sells directly. Uh, I think it was called Figura Pop, and you, it had like a, a a pop socket mount built into the case, so you could swap out your pop socket. Uh, over time, the case started to like warp and was becoming like loose. Not so much that it was an issue, but I could see that, like, (laughs) it wasn't completely conformed to the phone anymore around the edges, right? And, like, if I looked at the back where the camera was, the top left-hand corner gave, it was like, had a gap, right? Like, it wasn't flush to the camera anymore. Like, it started to warp. Yeah, your phone would just, like, shimmy out of that. Yeah, maybe it would rattle around or, like, you could squeeze it. I don't know. It was just not right. Like, it wasn't right. It wasn't great. Um, you know, but it was fine. Uh, but then I kind of got frustrated with it and I was popping it in and out. And then, you know, when like, 
I've done this with Apple Silicon cases before, the Apple one. Or like you can get this with, with other stuff. You know, something like it starts to, to break or starts to like, say like the corner of something comes up and you just start kind of like picking at it a little bit. And then two hours later, you've peeled something completely off. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like a sticker starts to come up from a piece of technology and then you can't help but pull the sticker off. I basically did this with my case where I ended up just destroying it. Um, anyway, so that case is gone. So I am now without a case on my 11 Pro Max. I have a pop socket stuck to the back of it. It feels so good. I love it. It feels so good. It feels really thin. Uh, I like the texture of the glass. I like the texture of the, the rails that go around the phone. Mm-hmm. It makes my phone feel a little bit more futuristic, and I have the green one, and I like to look at it. Um, I am terrified I'm going to break it. Yeah, uh, but I figure that's the it, phone I bought you last year for the podcastathon. You say it like like I paid for it, but you arranged it. I mean, the company paid for it, so that means I paid for it. Wow! Did you get one? Yes. Right. So that's half and half. <laughs> I paid for it. Right? Like, you know, all right. I paid for half of mine and half of yours. Yours is the max. You got a better deal than I did. Yours is more expensive. You could have done whatever you wanted. You were the one procuring these devices. That's right. But anyway, so I, uh, it feels very dangerous to have a phone without a case on it. But there was also this part of me that was thinking the iPhone 12 is rumored to have this like really cool new design with flat sides and all that kind of stuff. It feels like that phone shouldn't have a case on it, maybe. I choose to believe, until I'm proven otherwise, that the iPhone 12 is like a modern take on the iPhone 4. It's like, sign me up for that, because that phone still feels awesome in the hand. So I'm going I'm gonna plan on having no case on this phone now for as long as it's in my possession. And I will plan to not get a case from will not use a case on my uh, new phone i will buy one depending on what's available just so i have one in case i change my mind right because i don't want to be like oh no this phone definitely needs a case and then all the cases like six weeks back ordered at that point yeah um but you know i was also thinking you know i was was in the back of a taxi yesterday and i was thinking to myself i don't know why i was thinking this do i still want a phone as big as this one (laughs) i feel like i'm going through a lot of changes you know but like just considering there's going to be so many options in phone size this year and basically not necessarily signing myself up to getting the biggest phone right um so i I'm basically just like i, I want to wait and see what apple has available before just blindly saying i'm gonna go for the pro max like it uh, probably it will be what i end up going for but i just want to I want to say that the jury is out on that one because I was remembering like what made me think is I was thinking about the iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the biggest phone. It was the only phone that we had that was available to us, right? Like it wasn't the biggest. Right. The 8 Plus was a little bit bigger, but it was the only Face ID phone. Yeah. I don't remember what, how the screen size thing ended up working out, but nevertheless, like... I was fine with that. So I don't know. Like, to, to to be honest, like, I feel like I'm probably will never be able to let go of, of uh, what do we call it? Like Pro Club? Max Club? Max, uh, the Pro Max. Gang? Gang. Plus Club? 
but I, I'm basically just allowing for myself to rethink that a little bit. Yeah, the the standard size Pro is what I've had. You know, I tried the 10s Max and it wasn't for me, and it went to a family member. But I I like the iPhone 10 size, and mm-hmm. it seems like everything is going to get bigger next time around if those rumors are true. So I think that big phone for in the 12, like the 12 Pro Plus Max. That thing is going to be potentially enormous, and I think it, I think a lot of people who like the Max or even the Plus size may find that the new big phone is a little beyond their reach, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Get it? Good pun. Yeah, reach. it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it was good. I liked it. It's better when you draw a lot of attention to it after the fact. I've learned. Yeah, especially when you say so to speak. Get it? Get it? No pun intended. Waka waka. That kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the the question is though if you carry it caseless what happens if you break it because that's a bummer well i've this i've been thinking about this right so like i definitely could break my phone it feels like it's really difficult right now to get a phone replaced i don't know like i had my first apple care experience recently when i had one of my airpods replaced and that was fine if apple would do that for a phone which is basically give us your card if you don't send us the airpod back we're going to charge you otherwise here's the airpod in a box put it put the broke one in and mail it to us like because i have apple care plus so you know, like I have to pay, I don't know, what is it, like 50 bucks or something and, and for accidental damage. And also there's kind of this part of me is like, I've had Apple Care Plus on so many phones, never broken one. You know, maybe if I break one, I'll finally get my money's worth. I don't really know <laughs> wow. why that thought process is I've been allowed to, to go through my brain. Um, but I'm also kind of testing it. Like this phone's on the way out, right? Like it's got a couple of months left. Can I go for a couple of months without breaking this phone? I guess we'll see. Like I have Apple Care on it, I can fix it. Uh, we'll see. I'm I'm using the black leather case on my iPhone 11 Pro. You know, in the summer it's warm here. I wear shorts all summer, and shorts and iPhones don't go well together. They kind of slip out of the pockets, which is could be disastrous. Yeah, that see, it's shorts time here too, right? Like, and I'm I'm having that. I'm definitely having that fear, but I always worry that I'm going to lose my phone anyway. So. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you should try going caseless. And, you know, maybe days you go to the studio or, you know, you, you can go in and out, right? It's not a one-time decision. Mm-hmm. So you do have that flexibility if you feel like, hey, I'm going to go somewhere. I need the case. Like in cooler months when I'm wearing jeans, I generally go caseless. But then if I'm going to work in the yard or go to a football game or like be out and about somewhere, I generally will pop it in the case just for that extra protection because the back is glass and it's expensive to... Fix even with Apple Care Plus. So it's like I know there's a lot of like logic problems in the things that I'm saying, and I'm going to say another one now too, and it's fine. Human beings are, are flawed. I kind of feel like I I don't want to buy a case now. Like it's too soon to replacing my phone, mm-hmm. right? In like the next three months, I don't want to buy a new case. Like there's a company called Casetify, and they have like an official Pokemon license. You remember Pokemon, right? And they have a bunch of cool Pokemon cases out right now. And there's kind of this part of me is like, why would you release a new case line now? Uh, but but the other thing is, I'd, as much as I might like them, I don't want to buy one because. I'm going to be upgrading my phone in a couple of months and it probably won't fit anymore. And it's like, ah, this is the same reason why I don't want to buy a new case in general right now because I'm going to be changing the phone over soon. So, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I break my phone, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, please do. Because uh, I've never broken a phone. I don't know what it's like. Yeah, it'd be good for you to get that experience. Uh huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> this episode of Connected is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And it really is easy to shop with them. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it. They will still refund you, no questions asked. Not only do their underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're great for working out, going to work, traveling, or just for everyday life. The folks at Mack Weldon have even created their own totally free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life, and once you reach level 2 by spending $200, they will start giving you 20% off, get this, of every order for the next year. That is super cool. I'm actually wearing my Mack Weldon shorts right now. Uh, they got zippers for pockets so my phone can't go flying out. Super comfortable. Uh, I'm wearing them all the time this summer. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code CONNECTED. That's MacWeldon.com, promo code CONNECTED for 20% off your first order. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for their support of the show and Relay FM. Oh, boy. Stephen, I have an epic story for you. Oh! You're very bell-heavy today. I am very bell-heavy. I kind of rearranged my space here, like right under my monitor and stuff, and the bell is way easier to reach now. That's, I'm really pleased. Maybe I should move it further away. So I don't want to rehash all of the things I've already said uh, on Upgrade this week, episode 311. Neither do I really feel like at this point we need to tell the story of what's going on with Apple and Epic. Mm -hmm. um, I will also put a link in the show notes to a kind of like a, a history of what happened, what has been happening uh, with Apple and uh, Fortnite and Epic and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to get your opinion uh, on this because you've been pretty silent in at least our group threads about your opinions uh, on what's going on with Apple and Epic. And plus there's, there's some other stuff that's been happening over the last couple of days uh, that, that um, could be pretty interesting to dig into. Yeah. So I guess on a very high level, do you find yourself more sympathetic towards one company's argument than the other? I feel like they both have things about the arguments that are good. So on Epic's side, I do think that Apple's some of Apple's policies around the App Store are outdated. I think that their 30% cut is too high. I think that there is room for third-party, e either third-party payment processing in apps, and I think Apple should have a say on what that is. So, okay, you have to use Apple Pay, or PayPal, or like these these known entities, you can't just have a, a credit card form. Um, and I think that Epic is has clearly orchestrated this to to move into this right as antitrust stuff is heating up in the U.S. And if if we see a government change in the fall, that could be a real issue for these big tech companies. So like Epic, I think is making a lot of good points. I think they're making them in a smart way. Uh, and I think that the the way that Apple has responded just makes Epic look better. Like Apple, we're going to talk about their latest response, but they have like Apple saying the the parts out loud they're not supposed to say out loud, 
<laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a bad look. They've been doing that for the yep. last two months. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah, they did it with Hey, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, well, your other yeah. your other app, which we're totally not threatening here, has never made us any money. You know, that's not that's not spectacular. So on the whole, I think that Epic has the upper hand here. I think from the Apple perspective, I think that they feel tricked that this happened in, in an app because they did it without a, an update. I think that they feel like they have their back against a wall that and, and Apple doesn't like operating that way, right? Apple likes mm-hmm. controlling the narrative and Epic is in the driver's seat for all of this, right? It's all about Apple's response to Epic and Apple doesn't like that. Yeah, because even though uh, the most recent development of Apple saying we're going to kick Epic out of the store by the end of August if they don't do something, whilst that could be seen as Apple are taking an element of control back, if they do do that, if Epic play chicken, Apple looks bad in the public, not Epic. Because at, yeah. at wide scale... People don't care about Apple's rules. Nope. Uh, the we story, might. Will, yeah, the story will be Apple removed Fortnite from the store. Yeah, because they wanted all of Epic's money, mm-hmm. which is not completely false. It's not false at all. <laughs> it's what they want. They also want Epic to play by the rules. The rules that Apple have set. We can maybe get into the rules themselves, but Epic have broken the rules, right? I would like to assume that Epic knew that this was a possibility, but I still think it's going to be interesting. I don't know if it's obvious at this point that Epic will update Fortnite to remove the their own purchasing system to make sure that Apple doesn't kick them out. I don't know about that yet. I mean, there is an asterisk about the Unreal Engine, which we can get into if you want to. But uh, I I don't know if it's clear cut that they're gonna do that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right about that. And Apple has as much as Epic has to lose here. Which again, I want to talk about the Unreal Engine in a second. Epic has a lot to lose here, but Apple has way more because Apple has way more attention on it. And the story will be, uh, you can't play Fortnite on the iPhone because Apple removed them from the store. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's as far as it'll go. And and on top of that, you have the antitrust stuff and Apple removing Fortnite from the store, even if Fortnite did break Apple's rules, which they did clearly and boldly. Apple doesn't need another hit on its record when it t- comes to App Store. What some would say are App Store abuses. I think at this point, it's really just how bad is Apple going to lose here? Mm hmm. I don't think there's a win condition for them because if Epic do this, like if they roll over, accept the rules, take their lick, right, and update the application so they don't get their developer thing removed and then the app will be reinstated into the store if they do this, the lawsuit isn't going to go away and I think it gives Epic more ammunition. I think it does too. I think that there is an argument here which is like, Oh, and, you know, like this this big uh, company that we're saying is monopolistic, they forced us to remove something. Otherwise, they were going to kick us out. And because it's like, yes, they broke the rules, but there is an argument as to whether the rules are fair in the first place that needs, mm-hmm. that needs to and will be had. Like, you know, it, this is the thing of like, yeah, they accepted the rules, 
but should the rules be written the way that they're written? Yeah. Right? Like, I think it's a separate argument to, to be made here. And I think that that is, like, that's the, the argument that Epic will make of, like, well, we had to accept the rules, but we got to the point where we felt like the rules weren't fair enough, so we decided we'd, we'd break them. I don't know how that all plays out legally. I'm not smart enough to know that. Yeah, yeah. But from a publicity standpoint, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very good. Because, like, you know, like, at the moment... Epic are able to say, hey, Fortnite players, we're saving you money, right? Yeah, and I, I heard, I think, on Dithering that Epic said at some point that, because that, that update's still in the store, or not in the store, it's still on people's it's still devices. still on people's devices. And so yeah. if you had Fortnite download already, you can just pay them directly. And that it was like a 50-50 split of people doing it directly versus going through Apple. I just, I, I, I can't help but think that what you said about the rules are now unfair, like that is the heart of it for me these rules may have made sense 12 years ago but they don't all make sense now and things like not being able to buy books in the kindle app and sign up in netflix sign up in hey pay them directly all this stuff it really wasn't a it really wasn't a factor when the app store launched and that purchase Mm -hmm. wasn't even in the first version of the app store remember it came on a couple years later and because of that and things like subscriptions and these other things, the App Store has fundamentally changed. The way that consumers and developers interact, the way that things are bought and sold, like that is all fundamentally changed in the last 12 years, and Apple's rules haven't kept up. And I think it is it is definitely time for them to address a lot of those things. And I think Epic is a big enough, like no offense to Hay and Basecamp, like I think they're great, but they're not big enough to force this the way that Epic is. Epic no. is a big enough combatant in this in this lawsuit that this is going to be the thing that I think forces these changes. You know, there's been a lot of people who said this. This isn't new, but I think it's worth pointing out. Like, Epic might be the only company that can do this because they're big, they have a lot of power, and they're a private company. Now, like... Netflix can't do this because their shareholders will go bananas. Right. Right? Because Epic is gambling a lot here. And again, like, they're not doing it for the goodness of everyone. They're doing it because they believe that Apple shouldn't be taking a slice of their business, which, you know, I also, uh, to a level, believe as well. But there is a possibility that, if Epic are able to force Apple to make changes, that there could be wider benefits to other developers. There could also be disadvantages. Like, we don't know. But I do think that the situation that we are in right now is deserving of change. And, like, the other thing about, like, the rules, right? Like, because we keep talking about the rules. One of my biggest issues is that the rules are not equally applied. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, there are exceptions to the rules. Yeah, despite what Tim Cook told Congress, that we treat we treat all people the same, and that's my issue. It's like you can have rules, and you can have exceptions to rules, mm-hmm. but don't hide them. Don't pretend like they don't exist. Can I? I would like to read Apple's statement that they gave uh, about Epic because I want to pick a couple of pieces apart for this because I, th- I think it's important right the app store is designed to be a safe and trusted place for users and a great business opportunity for all developers all right fine like i'll go along with that that's that's true right? like i agree with that 
Sure. Yeah. Epic has been one of the most successful developers on the App Store, growing into a multi-billion dollar business that reaches millions of iOS customers around the world. Get out of town. I hate (laughs) this so much because they are insinuating that Epic's success came from them. And that is absolutely categorically not true right like apple keep doing this and they've done it again they've done a different way of saying it right of trying to say that they are for some reason successful because apple allowed them to be on the platform when that is absolutely not true right they became successful fortnite was the biggest game in the world before there was an ios version of it right and before fortnite epic has been around forever being a massively successful company without before the app store right before the even idea of the app store and apple is more successful because of companies like epic not the other way around right the iphone is what it is because of apps there is no argument about this right like the iPhone is a success, a success to the level that it is because of developers making apps for the platform. That's what made that piece of technology so incredible. There were smartphones before the iPhone, but what made the iPhone what it was is the App Store. Apple had a great idea. Apple made the right decision to put apps on the App Store. I, you know, I think it's pretty clear at this point. Like They didn't really want to do it, but they did it. They made the right decision. They put apps on the App Store. And they helped a lot of developers along the way. But we cannot continue to assume that large companies are only successful because of Apple. Like, they keep saying this, like, oh, Basecamp had a successful business, you know? Like, they've been uh, freeloading on us for years, is basically what they're saying. And it's like, all this stuff is just... uh, Anyway... We very much want to keep the company as part of the Apple developer program and their apps on the store. Yes, I'm sure you do. Yeah. (laughs) The problem Epic has created for itself is one that can be easily remedied if they submit an app of their app, uh, an, an update of their app that reverts it to comply with the guidelines they agreed to and which apply to all developers. All right. Okay. Yes. Epic created this problem for themselves provided there were no conversations that came before it, which I am convinced that there are, right? Like, I am sure that Epic and Apple have been trying to come to an agreement that Epic is comfortable with for a while, and that's why this happened. Mm -hmm. But yes, Epic did do this for themselves because they did decide to kick up a stink, right? But then we have this other part of they agreed to the guidelines. Yeah, they did. They apply to all developers. Yeah, they do. But then we have this next point. We won't make an exception for Epic because we don't think it's right to put their business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect our customers. I want to reread this in the way that I think it should actually be said. Okay. We won't make an exception for Epic because we don't think it's right to put their business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect our customers. Because that's not completely true where there is a quid pro quo for Apple, right? They will make an exception for Amazon because their business interests and Apple's business interests make sense, right? They will make an exception for Netflix because it makes sense, right? So, like, they, there apparently was a, a cut deal for Netflix. And then also, you know, like we, we saw this with Netflix and Hay, right? Like, Netflix could do things that Hay couldn't go, couldn't do. And, like, I just can't stand this anymore. 
right? That like Apple feel like they need to control the businesses of every company in the App Store. I mean, it reminds me of someone who, you know, built an airport or built some some sort of waterway, right? And trying to take a tax on every boat or plane that goes through it. And it just doesn't work in the 21st century. And something Mm -hmm. you said a second ago really caught my interest is that the iPhone is its apps, right? Like when we talk about using an Android phone or using a PC or something, what always brings me back is the apps that I'm used to and the workflows that I want to use. Mm -hmm. And Apple has a very rich ecosystem of these applications on the iPhone and beyond, and in some ways, that's despite the the rules that they have in place that are mm-hmm. very old and creaky in places. If these big companies continue to struggle with Apple's rules, it, it hurts their devices. It hurts their users. And, you know, getting rid of a weird email app is not that big of a deal. It's a big deal if you're, you know, base camp. But in the world, not that big of a deal. Epic's a bigger deal. But... If Netflix or Facebook or Amazon Prime Video or is some, one of these big apps really were to go up against Apple with this, then I think that line of, well, we should everybody the same definitely comes to light as being false because they would bend for those other, other apps. There was a report from the information that Epic is apparently trying to get other companies to come on board with this. I don't think they're going to be incredibly successful. Yeah, because they're afraid of Apple. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so there has been an increase in rhetoric from a lot of companies about, um, like, supporting Epic. Like, apparently that came from this. Facebook was working on a project, like this events project, right, where you could uh, pay, um, like, people that were putting on digital events inside of Facebook Apparently, Facebook brought this forward because of this. So they were planning to launch this and they launched it early because they want Because And then part of their press release about this is that, oh, you can do this on the App Store, but Apple's going to take 30% of the money, right? So like there is an increase in like companies trying to push this, which again, I will say is like, Apple, you got to change because these companies are going to keep pushing on you and... It'll be so much better for you if you find a way to make this work before you are forced to. Yep. Because if you are forced to, it's going to be real bad for you. Yeah, I mean, having Congress or the EU or some other government force Mm -hmm. this upon them, it will be harsher. It will will include things they don't want to do. And if, if Apple takes the first steps here then they can control at least part of that, right? And it may be that they do enough to placate those uh, antitrust uh, people, you know, looking looking at them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they've got to give on some of these things. I think they've got to give on the 30%. I think they need to be building in systems that allow for purchases outside of the, you know, Apple, iTunes, <laughs> the old iTunes payment system. Mm-hmm. Look, if you offer Apple Pay, they still get a small cut, right? And people would use it. Uh, if they offered, you know, again, Apple needs some way to make sure that's secure for their users. Because one nice thing is you can hand somebody an iPhone or iPad, and it's generally, as long as they stay in apps, you know, less sketchy than going out to the web. And Let me ask, though, like, when was the last time you paid for something on the web and that payment system was a scam? Yeah, I mean, every time my debit card has been stolen the last 10 years, it's been 
physical retail stores. Yeah, uh, like you know, realistically, come, like come on, come come on, right? And like Apple could still approve the payment processor. You know, like one, two, three company is not going to create their own payment processing system. Like you could still have the the payment processing systems be approved, right? Like, because how many are they realistically going to be? Like they can allow this, like they can make a small list here and, and have, oh, you can use this, this and this. And you can have a company like Stripe come in, right? And they could create a payment processing system for all of the third-party developers to take advantage of if they wanted to. And it's only Stripe that needs to be done, right? It's like Carl's saying in the chat room, PayPal, Apple Pay, Stripe. You could have Google Pay in there. <laughs> yeah, right. right? And, and that's going to be enough for everyone. At that point, developers get like, I don't know, 17% back or something. And, and then it enables this. All right, so if you are going to continue to use Apple systems... All right, Apple, what are you done for me lately? Right? Like, make me choose. Make me want to choose you. Why is your 30% worth it? They should be, at this point, they should have to prove that that cut is worth it. Why? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, show me. Show me what you give me. Because I pay for your system, right? Like, I pay to be a developer. So that's one, right? Like, I give value to your product, by creating an app for your device, why do you also want to get 30%? Could you not get 15%? Like, what is the 30% giving me? I think that right now in 2020, they need to remake that case. Because I don't think it exists the way it used to. Let's talk about Unreal. Okay, yeah, because that's that's the bigger, almost the bigger topic. So this is the game engine built by Epic, they manage it. Which, we should say, is used for lots of things, not just games. Yes. Lots of different applications of all different types use the Unreal Engine. Uh, it, it really, like, goes out far and wide into different types of entertainment products. Like, it is a game engine, yes, but Unreal can be used in a lot of wonderful and weird ways. If Epic's developer ID is pulled, like Apple mm-hmm. has promised it would do, on the 28th, if, if Epic doesn't uh, get in line with the Fortnite app, that is a, a big problem for those, potentially a big problem for those other applications. I think part of this is a little unknown, exactly how the technical details would play out. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, it would make develop th- other developers who work on top of Unreal, it's going to make their lives a lot harder. So there's a few things which could be problems here, right? So there can't be any new versions of Unreal, which won't necessarily cause problems for existing applications that are using it unless there's a bug in Unreal for iOS 14, right? So if something's going wrong with Unreal and iOS 14, which I don't know is the case, that would be an issue, right? Uh, If they wanted to add new features to Unreal... Or fix other bugs in Unreal, they can't do that. One of the bigger potential problems is there would be no Unreal applications on Apple Silicon because none of that work has been finalized, mm-hmm. right? Like this is what I'm seeing people say online. I saw Steve Transwift say this, Brown who says this, like, and I agree with these people. Right? Like it makes sense to me. Like these processes have not been finalized yet, 
they there's no like GM for Apple Silicon stuff. There's no GM for Unreal running on Apple Silicon. So they cut this off. It would mean that no apps could run Unreal. Like and like, we're not talking everything in the world here, but we're talking a lot of developers that re- that rely on it. And this is where you've got to start looking back at Epic and saying, is this responsible? Are you being a responsible platform holder of your own here? Because people that have decided to use Unreal for whatever reason and are quote-unquote paying for the privilege, you know, they are being dragged into this without any say. Like, if you are currently an app developer who uses Unreal, you got to be pretty nervous because it might not be today. It might not be August 28th. That's the problem. But for as long as Epic and Apple are going at it, you're going to be nervous about Unreal. And that is like, that feels like a mutually assured destruction thing here because that's bad for both now because it's bad for Apple because there are, I mean, it's it's a funny thing at this point, but like there are Apple Arcade games that are made using Unreal, right? Now, ultimately, I feel like that part, like I see a lot of people talk about this, and it's true, like it would be awkward. That's like collateral damage for Apple. Like, I'm sorry, but like Fortnite is more important to them than Apple Arcade monetarily outside of PR-wise in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they are willing to stand their ground to make sure Fortnite remains on the App Store more than they are willing to lose the the game made using the Unreal Engine and Apple Arcade. Like, these equations, they don't balance, unfortunately. Um, So, like, there are other applications, like not working that they somehow control it's like collateral damage but this is this is like i kind of thought of this phrase earlier like mutually assured destruction it's like the unreal engine and 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 epic not being on apple's platforms is a problem for them it's also a massive problem for epic right more than fortnite being a problem because it's probably safe to say that at this point epic are not onboarding as many users into Fortnite as they used to, right? It is most likely, and I think already actually has seen its peak. Like, it's no longer, I believe, the most popular game in the world. Um, Like, for a while, if not still, Minecraft came back uh, and was the most popular, right? Like, but it's a massive, massive game. But now the business is in keeping people interested getting people that have lapsed to come back and getting them to keep giving you money for different in-game events and stuff like that. So the idea of Fortnite not being available to download on the App Store, that's not so much of a problem for them, especially if they can keep making more money out of the people that are already in it, right? So like whatever. But the Unreal Engine not being able to work going forward in some ways is more of a PR problem for Epic again, because now there could be game developers A, B, and C could file a lawsuit with Epic for doing all of this, right? And then from a PR perspective, that starts to look bad. So at this point, I can't really work out where we're going to go because Epic has filed an additional suit about this thing here. And I don't know whether they are going to go to the line here, 
with this and have Apple kick them out of the store? I can't, I don't know. I can't put my money down on this one. Like it kind of feels like they would play chicken on this, but I don't know if they're really willing to go through with it or not. If the Unreal Engine was not impacted, I would say that they would go all the way, right? Because it will look great for them if Apple continue to put the screws in, right? And make it worse for people that are playing Fortnite on iOS. Mm Mm-hmm. The damage that they will cause to their developer community could be too strong here. You've got to think that Epic would have seen that Unreal could be caught up in this, right? Like, if they didn't see that coming, I would be shocked because the rest of this seems (sighs) pretty well thought through. I mean, yeah, but I think that there might have been an element of gutsiness to think they wouldn't do that to us. Maybe. I could see that. Because when I saw that Apple was doing this, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I... I know that that's, like, technically what you can do, but I don't know if you should do that. In the same way that if Apple said, and this, I don't know, I actually don't know what would happen here, but, like, if they said, like, if you don't do this, we're going to remove Fortnite from people's phones, because they can do that. Yeah. And it's a kind of a thing where it's like, yeah, I know Apple can do that, but, like, oh, I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, that... That would be, from the PR perspective, not only did Apple kick him out of the store, they took it off my iPad. I don't think they want But, like, I don't know. Like, what happens if they remove the developer license? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, and I have yet to be able to find, like, a definitive answer to this. Like, if Apple does, like, remove Epic's developer license, what happens to Fortnite on people's phones? I, I don't know the answer to this or like, yeah. like you know, maybe maybe someone in the chat room can try and give us something. I, I can see there's lots of people typing right now in the Discord. <laughs> but like this is, it feels like a an, like, you know, maybe, maybe not. But like the idea of, of, of them cutting off the app, they are allowed to do that if they want to. Uh, and, you know, like, I know that it is a security thing. Apple could argue, as they already are trying to argue, that that Epic's payment processing system is a security issue. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's like you have the ability to do it, but I don't know if you would do it. And, and this is how I feel about them removing Epic from uh, the store. It's like, I don't know if it's the right move, but I also don't think it's the right move for Epic to go all the way on this. I don't know. I don't know. We've got, we've got, what have we got? A weekend change? And that's, that's really why it's kind of hard to talk about because it's, there are so many, so many variables. But I think at the end of the day, Epic saw a moment in time where they could have great leverage to change Apple's policies. And so far, Apple has mostly just dug the hole deeper for themselves. Kyle's found a note um, on the, Apple developer renewal page, your apps will still function for users who already installed or downloaded them and you will still have access to App Store Connect and free development resources. But like, this is the thing. That is if your membership expires. There may be a different case for if Apple forcibly removes you, right? Like, that's the thing of like, there are lots of things we can find and assume based on stuff that's out there. But what is the rules if Apple say, bye-bye? This is a, so like, this is a real mess. But I gotta say, I love it. I love this story. It's just a great story, right? Like, 
this has got all of the drama that we want out of Tech Story in it. Uh, we can talk about it for hours, and it's genuinely interesting to talk about. And I feel like it's doing a really good job of summarizing the main issue I have with Apple at the moment. Like, I don't really have issues with their software. I don't really have issues with their hardware. Like, everyone has their fiefdom, right? That the thing that, that annoys them. The thing that annoys me with Apple is their business practices. Yep. Like, I don't like, and I've not liked this for a long time, that Apple believes that they can tell other businesses how to run their business. I don't like that. Um, I don't think it's fair. I don't think that they are in the position to be able to do that. Um, and I don't like that they say in public that they apply things fairly when we know it's not true. We have evidence now to prove that that's not true. So I find all that stuff like really snaky and I don't believe that they need to do it. And and you can come at me with services revenue and you can tell me it until you're blue in the face. But like, so what? Right? Like services revenue is only important because it's the thing Apple chose to be important. Yep. Yeah. Wall Street value it because Tim said, look at it. You know, like Jason made this point, um, to me, I don't remember if it was in uh, Upgrade Plus or not, but wearables is actually growing more than services. But services is just the thing that Apple has chosen to really like put their public image into at the moment. But they didn't have to do this. Like they chose to do this. And so now, like if Apple wasn't doing this whole services push, I would probably look at this a little bit differently. But they are choosing to muscle their way into this business that other people are occupying in, and they're using their platform advantage for their benefit. Even the move of calling App Store revenue services revenue, like that was the first decision, and all this stuff follows from that. It didn't have to be that way, right? They, but they wanted that number to be good because their hardware business is about as big as it could be there's just not that many more people to sell iPhones to and they saw this large group of people who have their hardware in their pockets all the time saying we can get extract more money from them and mm -hmm. it's just the whole thing is icky and but this really feels like okay Apple you are not only trying to get more money out of me but you are continuing to limit what other people can do on your platform in ways that don't make much sense anymore. You know, I, I am all for things like app review. I don't want a second app store. I don't necessarily even want side loading, but I want their policies to be more flexible for other businesses to work and thrive on top of what Apple's built. These companies, right? Like they're all finding their own ways to stop taking the in-app purchase, right? Mm -hmm. Whether they say like sign up on the web or whatever. It's like, if they're not going to do it anyway... Just let me do it in the app. Yep. Because like what you are creating, what you are forcing is a worse user experience. Yes. Right? Like that is what you're doing. And Apple, you are supposed to be the user experience company. And a big part of your business forcibly makes bad user experiences. Like can you reconcile this? Are you cool with this? Because you shouldn't be. <sighs> this story's not going away, that's for sure. No, and you know what? I'm pleased because it's interesting. It's a big, this is a huge 
deal. This is the story of the year when it comes to Apple, like without a doubt, like, and and I want it to be finally the time that they make a change. And I like Apple, I beg of you now, like, please do it before you're forced to do it before your public perception changes do it before a government forces you and do it so you can save face like save face be the company we want you to be make the change that is beneficial to me as a user and to your development community like before this continues to spiral out of control and stop being this weird company that seems to believe that like your mere existence means other businesses can thrive because it's not that you're not that like Netflix isn't a big company because they have an iPhone app right like Amazon isn't a big company because you can buy products from the Amazon iPhone app but you seem to think that that's the case and I just I, I, I can't get my head around it if you want to find our show notes this week, they're on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 308. While you're there, you can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can become a member to get a bunch of awesome annual specials as well as, well as Connected Pro, the ad-free version of the show. Uh, this is the fall. We are raising money for St. Jude. stjude.org slash relay. We'd love your support as we help celebrate National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and stay tuned for the second annual, second annual uh, Relay FM podcast-a-thon for St. Jude on Friday, September 18th. I like to ask questions of Mike every time at the end of the show. So, Mike, uh, what's another podcast you do? I host many shows. Such as? Upgrade. Good job. So you can find Mike on Upgrade on Mondays here on Relay FM. You can also find Mike on Twitter as I M Y. K-E. Uh, Federico is off this week, but you can find him on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me online as ISMH and my writing over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom and Mac Weldon. Until next time, Mike, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.